So you're saying, Yo, sir, dude, I just got paid and I want to get laid. Might your humble narrator suggest a live Smodco show? See Smod.com list all the upcoming performances with links to tickets. As for getting laid, that's all on you, amigo. We just make you laugh till you shit your pants. The Smonsters of Talk could be coming to your town. Go to csmod.com and find out. Smodco's been blasting its own brand of fuck yeah for years in all forms of media. If you're saying, Hold up, sir dude. What about video games? We got that market covered too. Visit smarcade.com to learn about two, count them, two games for your iOS and Android device. Jay and Silent Bob grace your mobile with Too Fat to Fly and Let Us Dance. Get your game on, Smod Goblins. Check out smarcade.com. Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny, but you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise. Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. JayandSilentBob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. JayandSilentBob.com. Book market, baby. Gentlemen, every saga has a middle age, and this is what happens when Jay and Silent Bob uh, get old. My name is Kevin Smith. Jason Muse. Jason Muse. Uh, before we jump into the, the ongoing tale uh, of what happens when you get anywhere close to anything that makes you feel good, a.k.a. drugs, let's talk about the present. The show launched last week. Yes. You were the number one podcast in the world for three days straight. Yes. Three days? I know of, I know of three days. Um, I, I don't, it might have been longer, but I tracked it for three days myself. Right now, you're number two, only beneath This American Life. Which, was which your show is very similar to. Yes. <laughs> How long did, uh, what's the longest that Smodcast ever made? Did it ever make it? I didn't even long? know. I didn't even pay attention then. That's Back a very then, nice way of saying longer than us. Move the fuck aside, motherfucker. It, it, was, uh, it was really nice to see, man. Congratulations. It was. I was very excited. Thank you. Do you, you have anything you'd okay. like to touch on before we jump in? Anything cool happened to you this week? How many days were you in Canada? We were left Thursday night on the red eye, and we got back this morning. We just got back... Uh, what time, babe? 11 or so? Noon? Oh, yeah, she's here? Right. I was going to say, you fuck? Close <laughs> your ears, Jordan. You fuck? Where? Where? Though? In Canada. In Canada, yes. We did. I fought, which, I mean, yes. When she was sleeping. <laughs> Look at you. looking at What? When she was sleeping? No, no. She was oh. awake. Sometimes when she's sleeping, by waking her up. That's why I wake her up sometimes. We're but. like, good morning. Poing. Don't you wake up with a morning bone? Fuck no. I wake up with a morning bone, and I learned early on in the marriage that it, it would get work. no attention whatsoever. I used to be like, I'm hard. She's like, so what? Good night. You know, I'm rolling the fuck over. I just assume once you get married and you woke up with a morning wood, you just poke your mate, and they're just like, okay, I'll do my duty. But no, nothing no. like that. She's like, not till after fucking noon. So usually I have to wait till like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Um, wait. 
Do I wait? I got a flashlight. I don't wait for anybody now. I still haven't seen one of those. What, the flashlight? Yeah. It's not really appropriate to show you. No, because it's used, like you. Yeah, because it's it's, it's <laughs> something it, I like to do alone. Well, what about the actual? Do you have you have more than one, right? You have different. I, do, I, yeah, shapes I have one for every day of the week. No, no. <laughs> just there's there's many different shapes and sizes. I only have two. You really only need one. But you have uh, two, though. I've got two. Yeah, because I, I tried one out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one I go, one's J, the other's Silent Bob. <laughs> Sweet. You ready to go? Are we. You know what? I'm gonna, babe. Do you mind grabbing me a Red Bull or a Rockstar from next door? Sorry. <laughs> Can the you? Fuck, dude. You have a water. You I don't have anything. I'm doing my laundry while I'm doing the show as well. <laughs> well, I don't have a water. You do you want to fucking... share some water? No. No. I don't like water. You're a real germaphobe, man. All throughout the years, every time I'm like, "You want to sip?" You're like, "Did you sip it?" I'm like, "Yeah." You're like, "No." And it's weird because you put needles into your body yeah. and whatnot. I'll pass you a cup that I've taken a tidy sip out of. You're like, "It's corroded." <laughs> I don't know why that changes. If I'm if I'm on if I'm getting high, then it then I will do really disgusting things. But right. when I get sober, it's like the extreme. Like I can't. Like I have to get the half and half. Right. From Starbucks, from the from the uh, from behind the counter, like not the little metal things, that, because I get paranoid that people are like spitting in them or, or like there's like the milk curdles up on the little end of the plastic thing. You know, like. Watch, next time you all go to Starbucks, you're going to look, and the milk sits on the end of the fucking pour, and it, like, curdles, and it's gross. So all this shit runs through my head, and, and yeah. And I so can't when you're at Starbucks, sticks. while the rest of us are looking up at the quote of the day or something like that, <laughs> you're, like, creepily staring at the creamer, yeah. going, it's going to kill us all. You see this, right? It's crumbled <laughs> over. No, the sad thing is I I go to, like, three different spots all the time, and I go there so much that now they know they take the carton from behind the counter and they just put it right next to my coffee which is pretty awesome they're like oh here comes the psycho <laughs> yeah <laughs> put his baby milk on the counter for him yeah um zach and miri uh make a porno is a movie that we made a couple of years ago if i remember correctly I, I we started in like november of 2007 and then we kind of moved uh you know shot through most of uh of 2008 um, there was a moment on the movie, we were in pre-production, and if anybody hasn't seen the movie, there's a moment where Muse comes out of the room, and you see him in the all-together, completely fucking naked. Um, it was at that moment, we were in a production meeting in, in Pittsburgh, um, and we were going over the scene, that's where you sit there with all the keys and whatnot, and you kind of go over what the scene's going to be as you break each scene down, and what's needed, the elements that are going to be needed and whatnot. So uh, we're talking about the scene where Muse comes out. He's going to come out of the room behind Seth Rogen, who's talking to Elizabeth Banks on the other side of a door. She's in the bathroom and whatnot. Muse is going to come out, and he has an exchange with Seth, and Seth thinks he lives there. It's a real Three's Company kind of moment. And then the movie ends wonderfully credits and shit. So we're sitting in there in the meeting, and I'm thinking about the scene because it's the first time I ever really had to sit down and think about it since I've written it. And I was going, you know what would be awesome? If fucking Muse was naked. And, Mus and Mosier was just like, oh, God, he'll do that, right? He's always fucking naked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally, because this Muse, I've said it before a zillion times, you know Muse for about five minutes, he'll take his dick out and just show it to you, man, just like a child would. Like, are you proud of me? Kind of, <laughs> kind of thing and whatnot. So I go to Muse. I'm like, hey, man, we're going we're gonna, to, you know that scene where you come, where you come out of the room? We're going to, uh, I was thinking, instead of you just coming out, you come out completely naked, just maybe wearing a pair of socks or something like that. And he goes, I can't do that. And I was like, what, what, what the, what 
are you a fucking pod person? What happened to the dude who like takes his balls out, puts them on my neck? He's like, that's Affleck. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I, I was like, dude, I've seen your dick all the time. I've seen your dick more than I've seen my own in this life, man. Cause you're always putting it on display. And plus I can't really see past the gut anymore. But he was just like, I can't do it, dude. I'm fucking, I got Jordan, man. I got somebody now, man. I'm, I'm, I just can't do it. That's wrong to do it to her. I mean, she might be embarrassed and shit, and I shouldn't be out showing my dick Friends to the world. embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her fucking with his little dick. Is that what you were worried about? I was worried about that. You was worried that her friends were going to be like, I saw your man's dick. And it's tiny. Yeah, How it's in a movie. It's a fictional dick. <laughs> and I was worried about my nieces and nephews, too, but. What about them? Just seeing about- it? Oh, yeah, and like, you got a little dick, Uncle Jay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My nephew whips his dick out. He's 10 and it's like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, hits the fucking floor. <laughs> He's like, what happened to your genetics, bitch? <laughs> um, you, weren't, uh, you weren't going for it, though. You really gave it a fucking hardcore uh, straight arm. Hands, it, you just stymied me. And I was just like, wow, man. And then I became into the idea because it was like, he's not giving it? Now I want it. I want to see his dick. And Mojo's like, I knew it. Um, <laughs> So I said, hey, man, you owe me about 200, no, well, 20, 20,000, 20 to $30,000 at this point. I said, you owe me about 20,000, $30,000. I will forgive the debt right now if you want to do this. And he's like, you want to see the whole dick or just the balls? And so you know, <laughs> I was like, right on and shit. So uh, we went to, to shoot the sequence a couple days later, and we kind of mapped it out and told Muse what he was going to be expecting. And that day on the set, man, for the dude who was like, I can't take my clothes off. The moment we got to the set, he took them off and wouldn't put them back on. He was like Lady Godiva. Just all day long, walk around nude. Every once in a while, he'd put a sock on his dick if he was standing next to ladies on the set or something like that. But other than that, bare naked. Somebody hit me to the fact when I got to set, like Muse has shaved his pubes. I was like, he's bald? And they're like, no, 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 he's got a design. <laughs> and I was like, what did he do, like a landing strip or something like that? Why didn't he just go all virgin smoothie? They're like, oh, no, it's a real design. I said, what do you mean? They're like, shaped like a heart. <laughs> I was like, he shaved his pubes in the shape of a fucking heart? They're like, yeah, 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 and he really wants you to notice. So at that point, I was like, fuck him, I ain't noticing. So I stood there on set all day, and Muse would come up to me naked and be like, crossed arms, putting his kind of dick on display if I would just look down and be like, so what do you think about this then? And I'd be like, oh, the scene's going rather well. I, I don't think it's, and I'm just looking forward. I won't look down or anything. I was like, scene's going good. We'll probably go two more takes before we break into coverage. You put your shorts on at that point and whatnot because we won't see the rest of you. Then he starts moving around the side so he can, I can see him more because my eyes are looking at the set and whatnot. And he's over here. So he's just like, yeah, I thought the last take was really good. And then he starts hopping up and down. <laughs> So I was just like, what are you doing? He was just like, just giving it a little rest. You see it flying up in the air. I was like, no, dude, just go back to your fucking, wait, wait on your mark. We're going to go soon and shit. So he walks away and you can almost hear him like, fuck, man, because he really wanted to show me his pubes. And I know why, because the moment I looked down and said, are you fucking pubes shaved in a heart? He'd be like, you're fucking looking, you gay bastard, you know. <laughs> so I couldn't give it to him. So he goes off and he goes to get ready for the for the shoot. Now, at this point, I have not looked down and haven't seen his dick, but I have seen, as I said, dick, Muse's dick more than I've seen my own. I know exactly what to expect, what's coming out of that fucking room. Uh, Muse's dick, quite like mine, there must be something in the water in Highlands, at least as I had ever seen Muse's dick. A lot of balls, no no, not much dick, at least when it's in its zero to zero phase as opposed to zero to 60. Very similar to mine. I think it's probably the reason I was able to be so friendly and close with you over the years because I was like, his dick's not superior to mine in the least. 
Um, it looks, our dicks kind of look like, when they're flaccid, kind of look like, uh, you know the pin cushion your mother might have had, looked like, or your grandmother rather, looked like a t big tomato, had pins in it, had a little thimble sitting right on top. That's what our dick looks like. The big tomato is kind of the balls part, and the little thimble is our dickhead, and it just kind of sits on top. I can't speak for you, and I really can at this point, but no neck whatsoever on our dicks. It's just head, balls. Or as Musa used to like to say, all potato, no meat. <laughs> so I know what's coming through. It's a piece of stew. It's coming through the door. I'm going to see the stew, pan, the stew pot between Musa's legs. All potato, no fucking meat. I've seen his dick so often. Sitting behind the monitor for the sequence as we're as we're getting ready, and how you direct movies, or at least how I direct movies, is you sit behind a little monitor and watch them happen. It's weird. In order to direct a film, you watch a TV, and I've had lots of experience doing that. So you'd think I'd be better, but I'm not. Anyway, I'm sitting there watching the monitor, waiting for Muse to come out. There's Seth barking at Elizabeth Banks, you know, through the door. All of a sudden, you see the door open in the background, and you start to see Muse coming toward us, and he's kind of hidden. He's blocked, obscured a little bit, but he's about to clear. Rogan's back, and you'll see him completely all together and whatnot, just naked and shit. And at this point, I'm going to see the heart, the heart shaved into the pubes because I'm watching it on TV, and it's okay. So I'm staring at that, and all of a sudden, he steps out from behind Rogan, and what I see on the monitor is not the dick that I'm used to my whole fucking life seeing. Like, it looked like he was packing Marky Mark's cock from Boogie Nights. <laughs> By comparison, like, I'm looking at the screen going, like, what the fuck happened, man? Did they put a prosthetic on him? Like, did he literally go behind my back and be like, give me a fake cock, a huge one, you know? <laughs> Don't tell the director. Nothing like that. I'm just staring at it going, what the fuck? This shit just looks just fucking luscious. Look how huge that cock is. It's unbelievable. I've never seen that before in my life. But I can't say anything because you're there on the fucking set. And I don't want to turn around to somebody and be like, doesn't Muse's dick look big? And have somebody be like, no, it doesn't. Because that would be a confession that my dick's even smaller than his small dick. So I'm just sitting there quietly chewing on this information by myself. And I'm, I, I stopped directing the, the movie because just in my head, I'm like, his dick's so much bigger than mine. What happened? What should I do? Is my wife going to leave me? You know? Months later, man, cutting the movie and whatnot. Movie's all done. Cut back here in Los Angeles. Ben Affleck comes over to watch the flick. He hadn't read the script, hadn't come see us while we were shooting. He wasn't involved in any shape, way, way, shape, or form. So I said, come out, watch the flick. He's all right. Came over to the house, watched the flick, and I go into the room, and he goes, you know that's not his real dick, right? And I go, why do you say that? And he's going, because I've seen that dude's dick more than I've seen my own. <laughs> and I was like, me too, you know? And he's like, well, if you've seen his dick, you know that ain't his fucking dick. His dick looks like one of those tomato pin cushions with a... I was like, I know, I know. What the fuck happened? He's going, I'll tell you what happened. That motherfucker is right behind that door jerking off right before he came out. I said, really? He's going, oh, Kevin, he's fluffed himself. <laughs> I said, really? He's going, there's blood up and down that fucking cock, man. I guarantee you, Muse is one pump away from total liftoff. And I was like, really? He's going, I swear to God, if he touched his dick once more, it would just start going like this. It would start the fucking, you know, X-wing-like levitation out of the swamp. <laughs> so I was just like, Jesus Christ, man. He's like, you fucking tell him I said that. I was like, I will. And I ran into Muse not too long after that. And I was like, Affleck 
saw the flick. He's going, what do you think? I said, he said it was really funny, but he said that your, your dick threw him off his game, man. He said it wasn't your, really di- your real dick. And he was like, what are you talking about? It's my fucking dick. It's all mused. And I, <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, we know that. But Affleck said that he looked like you were jerking off. He said that you were one pump away from total liftoff. And he goes, he fucking said that about me? I said, yeah. He goes, Ben? I said, yeah. He goes, Ben Affleck? I said, yeah. And he goes, you tell Ben Affleck for me. That ain't me on the way up. That's my shit on the way down, bitch. <laughs> so I saw Affleck again a little while later. And I, I said, uh, hey, man, I saw him using. I told him what you said about his dick. He's like, what did he say? I said, he said that wasn't him on the way up. That was him on the way down, motherfucker. And, me, and Affleck stares at me for like a beat, maybe 20 seconds. And he's just like the fuck's that even mean? <laughs> and I was like, well, I said, I don't know. It sounded really funny when Muse said it, you know? You know, after you bust the nut and you're like laying down, yes. so I lay on my back because I never want to do the work either. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. do the same, right? Are you on the bottom? Yeah, yeah, but that's the Your fat man's right? play. But do you ever sit afterwards when like they jump up and she runs to the, your old lady runs to the bathroom to like wipe up and you sit there with I don't make over. my old lady run to the bathroom yeah. and <laughs> clean up. Once so I'm like not, she, I'm on the well, ground. She she, there's peace. nothing to clean up. She just lifts off. It all runs on well, the Well, my wife, ru- well, that's what I'm saying. Well, it drops on you, right? It, like, drops on you. Oh, fucking hold on. How old is everybody here? <laughs> you mean to tell me if somebody here isn't fucked yet? That's what happens. If you put liquid into a hole and the hole turns upside down, it's going well, to come out. There's nothing wrong with it. That's what I'm saying. When she I was trying up. to stuff it back up like, be a baby. Be a baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Well, it goes back to the what you were saying, but yes, it drops, but she always runs and pees right away, so she don't get the... All right, my know. lady does do that, not right yeah, away, she but she'll do the thing, and, and I'm like, why do you got to do that? And she said, just to get get you out of me. Well, see, I guess and I hurt my feelings. Like, what are you talking about? She's bad, like, too. It's, it's just, bad, it's, she's like, the way the body works is basically it just kind of purifies. It just burns everything that's foreign or contaminants out of me, like you're cum. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, what's your so, thing about So my thing is I'm saying when she ever she runs, I sit and I watch. And, you know, like when your dick's hard and it starts getting soft, you were reminding me because you were going mm-hmm. like this. But, like, you sit, you ever sit and watch your dick and it just, like, starts to swing to the side. And then, like, it'll get, it'll start going, like, to the right. And then far, like, while it's getting soft. And you're just lying there going, like, what do you do with a drunken <laughs> <laughs> No, I do. I sit and I watch it. And I just sit and watch it go, like. It starts moving to the left, and then every once in a while it'll tighten up, so it'll go, whoop, 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 You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so that was something I was thinking about in Canada. Jordan's just standing off to the side looking at you from the door like, why did I marry this fucking fool? <laughs> Look how I into his dick he is. You're just like, dance. <laughs> I can't. I, if I lay, if I, look, I'm laying down on the bed. She gets off me and goes and pee. You really think I'm seeing my cock past this gut? No way, you, dude. It's like looking at a mountain range with the tip of a sun on the over the, <laughs> over the ridge, and the sun is spitting cum out of it. You don't sit and what, what do you do afterwards? You, does she come in with a towel and you after I, after up? after I roll over on your bed? I cry and thank her a lot. <laughs> I'm so grateful. Oh, God, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. She's like, I gotta go piss your stupid cum out of me. Uh, okay. So yes, five, six. five, six years. You're pretty, pretty much uh, sober at that point. So much. So it was a marked difference. I mean, beyond a marked difference. Let's be honest. It was 180 fucking degrees from the world we had known only six months prior. You know, and prior to that, it was seven years of of hell of you going yeah. into. 
and out of addiction. But by the time we were on Zach and Miri, man, you'd been clean like fucking, five, like I said, five, six years. Yeah. And it was, you could, there was one night where I was like, oh my God, you can really see the fucking difference. We were having a pre-party at my house, at my apartment. We were staying at the Cork Apartments in Pittsburgh, and we were having a kind of like uh, get-to-know-you party. Because Zach and Mary was the the first shoot we ever did where really we didn't know that many people. You know what I'm saying? Like generally we worked with a lot of people we know all the time, and, and this time we didn't have a lot of that going on, particularly cast-wise. Cast-wise, there were a whole bunch of new people into it. So we were like, let's have an opening night party kind of thing before we weeks before we start shooting. So everybody come hang out and, and do shit. And we had, uh, what was it? Rock band was very popular at the time. Yeah, had a foosball yeah. table in there. Poker was big. Um, and we had two rooms going on pretty, pretty decent party. Me and Muse are standing there playing foosball off to the side. And I don't know who it was. I think it might've been Rogan, like sparked up and started smoking. That was before my weed days too. Cause I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, he's smoking marijuana. <laughs> he's smoking the pot. Yeah. He's smoking a pot <laughs> cigarette. Um, and it was, you know, he, he asked, he came over at one point. He's just like, when's a kid go to sleep? <laughs> and I was like, that's creepy. What do you mean? He's like, oh, no, no. I meant cause I wanted to blaze. And I was like, oh, oh, I said, she heads off in like 20 minutes. He's like, cool, cool. So the kid went off to sleep in Byron Gale's room. He sparked up and he was smoking. And I'm playing foosball with Muse and Muse is on the furthest side, like, but looking at the room, my back's to the room. And all of a sudden he looks up like a fucking, like a meerkat, man. Just like his head goes up and he's dashing, head, eyes darting everywhere. And he looks around me and he all of a sudden pulls his shirt up over his, his mouth like Bazooka Joe and starts playing the game like a terrorist. You know, with his half his face hidden. And I was just like, what are you doing? And he was like, nothing, nothing. And he's playing. And then after maybe 30 seconds to a minute more, you're like, dude, can I go? And I was like, why? He's like, people are smoking in here, man. I don't want to relapse. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hadn't even noticed. Yeah, get out of here. Because it had been so commonplace for us at this point to see you completely sober. We would all sit around and talk about the old days, like, do you remember when Muse did this and Muse did that? And it was a 180-degree picture. We would tell him stories and shit. Do you remember doing this? And he was just like, no, when did that happen? It was it was this uh, just a, a dark memory from a time that had long since passed. Um, and by the time we were, we were kind of uh, working on Zach and Miri, it was just a far cry from what we had gone through, say, on, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Like, on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, we came out here to shoot um, and we were away from Jersey and we were shooting, uh, we were living in, in Toluca Lake, yeah. um, on a house on Ledge, Ledge, Ledge Avenue, Ledge Street or something like that. Um, and when we lived there, man, it was, it was like the fucking, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but it was so, we lived so white trash. It was like the fucking, an episode of the Jersey <laughs> I Shore. Quit. Yeah. Oh, I quit. there's that. But I mean, it was just. <laughs> Muse, Muse came and joined us. We had gotten this place in Toluca Lake uh, to stay during the production. And it was going to be me and Jen, Harley. We were going to bring Byron and Gail, Jen's parents, with us and whatnot. And since we got a house, we were like, well, Muse can stay with us, too, because I'm going to need to watch fucking Muse. Because Muse was coming off some other show where you were still kind of using oxys. Yeah. And then the plan was, when you got to Los Angeles, um, we'd do Thanksgiving at the, at the house we were staying at. And then you would enter Cedar Sinai, go into a one-week detox program come out and we'll go forward and shoot Jay and Silent Bob strike back. So he came out, we did Thanksgiving at the house and whatnot. And then not too long after he went into the rehab at Cedar Sinai. We talked about it last week or the week before where the dudes like, I am Jesus, I am Moses. That dude was in there. Um, and when he came out, um, he was, 
bitter because detoxing is a horrible feeling. What's it yeah. like? It was good. You tell me what's like, I'll tell you what the uh, doctor told me it was like, what's it like when you're DT? Uh, I don't even, it's so hard to explain. It's, I don't know. It's like pneumonia and, uh, it's, it's like a ton of sicknesses. I would say combined because physically it's miserable. It's just like you're twitching and your, your skin feels like it's crawling off your body. You can't sleep. Like I didn't sleep. I remember I literally didn't sleep probably for like five, <clears throat> excuse me, like the first five days or so. Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'd get so exhausted that like I'd fall, like pass out for like 20 minutes. But I just, you can't sleep because you're in so much physical pain and, and your skin's crawling and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's not fun. And you're cranky and, you know, and that's why I'd mo- bitch and moan like a, and you didn't get it. And you're like, get out of the car, you junkie jerk off. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I had no tolerance for, for the addiction because yeah. I was just like, I was like, why don't you just fucking yeah, I was like, just stop? stop. Yeah, like, just stop doing it, you idiot. <laughs> and you were really nice about never being like, well, why don't you just stop eating, you fat fuck? You know? <laughs> like, What'd you say? Like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> um, but it was, it, well, I had no understanding. I was just like, just stop. People just stop that kind of thing. Just stop. And when he came out of the Cedar Sinai place, he had stopped, but he was fucking like bitter. I picked him up. When he was Christmas too, and we were—I had to go Christmas shopping with these guys, and I just remember like that's one of the big things I remember is walking around like the Beverly Center and just being so drained because you feel really like you really feel like you're carrying like a backpack filled with cinder blocks. Right. Like you're just like, and I had to walk around. I'd be like, I'd be out here. I'll be out here, and I'd like would lay on the benches. Like waiting, but anyway. So yeah, it and just, does it make you like using all the heroin makes you incontinent too, or something? Like after you finally get off it, you start shitting like a madman. I remember that. Yeah, you know, like re- every ten seconds, you're like, I gotta poop again. Yeah, and you'd be poop. off to a bath. I thought and you, you were pregnant. And or you come and you come like in your sleep. It's like, <laughs> it's funny because like seriously, they, they all like your. Uh, Se- like you get all sensitive because everything's coming back. Your nerve endings. And I remember way. like waking, like I'd f- pass out for like five, ten minutes, and then I'd wake up with a heart, well, barely a heart on because the blood wasn't really flowing. So I'd be like this, and I'd have to fucking jerk off like this. I couldn't get a heart on, but I'd be so horny that I'd do this. <laughs> so essentially, you were like giving your dick an Indian burn. Serious. No, his hands were on stick like you were trying yeah. to start a Boy Scout fire and whatnot. Exactly. I'm not kidding you though because. I couldn't get a full erection because I was so sick. Like the blood wouldn't flow down there, but I'd be so horny and sent. So I would jerk off. So like even four. in the midst of being sick, you still want to come? Yeah, like four or five times a, a day, I was jerking off. But it was barely and while you were off. while you were detoxing. Yeah, because I'd lay on the couch and I'd like be sitting there, and all of a sudden I'd I'd, I'd re- be really horny, but I couldn't get a hard on, so I'd be like, ah. <laughs> and then like I'd like we'd go do stuff, and I'd come back, and I'd be like, I'm gonna lay down for a bit, and then I'd like be there for 10 minutes and then i'd be like to like touching myself a little bit and then i'd be like <sighs> so yeah it was pretty horrible i couldn't even jerk off right because i couldn't even like anyway if only why, why couldn't you jerk off right because my dick wouldn't get fully hard because when i jerk off normally like this <laughs> it looks like a rock like star this. energy drink <laughs> <laughs> the head the head the head you just work the head only? I do. I sometimes work the head only. Do you rotate your dick sometimes 360 degrees like that? No, but I sometimes, I'm trying to say that I go around the head like this a little bit with my fingers. Your head man? You work the tip a lot? Oh, yeah. Right on. Underneath, it's the best. Um, Can I show you? Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. I'm there, kidding. Was, uh, 
There was a doctor, one of the rehab doctors once was trying to explain to me, because you've been to a lot of rehabs, and I've been to a lot of the cats, and one of the doctors was just like, you don't understand what it's like, do you? And I was like, of course not. I've never been on heroin or anything like that. He's like, imagine if, imagine when you sit on your foot and it falls asleep. I was like, yeah, you get pins and needles. He's like, okay. Now stand up, and then it takes a few minutes for the pins and needles, like all the blood to come back in, and it feels uncomfortable, and you're shaking it, and sometimes it can be painful. I was like, yeah. He's like, magnify that by a million. That's what your friend's going through right now, and it doesn't end when he gets up. It just goes and goes and goes. It's like it'll get lesser as time goes on. He said, what happens is when you use heroin, the nerve endings, the little fibers that create Mm. feeling and sensation just kind of curl up. There's not need for them anymore because you're getting these kind of, uh, what is it, synthetic endorphins Mm -hmm. or something like that. So your nerve endings just kind of close down. And then when you get off the junk, they start coming back to life. And, you know, it's a kind of painful process as it all comes back and whatnot, as, as I guess you would attest to and whatnot. So based on that, you were just like, I'm not, I can't, you were like, moves. I won't do any drugs through the movie because I promised you I would do that. But you can't make me not drink. you got to let me drink. And I was at that point, I was like, dude, drink all you want. Drinking's legal. The government says it's okay. (laughs) So uh, he started drinking pretty fucking heavily. And you can see the evidence in it. And Jane saw Bob Shrek back. I think we've talked about your face. He's kind of got that heavy liquor face. But the person that probably took the biggest brunt of of your uh, activities at ledge because you know it was a roller coaster uh, rage of emotions as stan would say um every day we didn't know which muse we were kind of getting and he would try to be like all right i'm gonna button down and do it right tomorrow in terms of not being an asshole to everybody uh, and then the next day he would just be start screaming at people and it was so unlike him and people were you know the, it, it was confusing for a lot of people um mostly for jamie who was your girlfriend at the time she would come into the house at a certain point like, she would get so frustrated. She's like, he's drinking again. And he's drinking lots. And now he's starting to be mean. And I was like, what do you mean, mean? And we were up in our upstairs bedroom at Ledge. And it had a balcony that kind of looked over the backyard. The backyard is where the, you know, the boathouse was. Not the boathouse, the pool house where Malcolm was in the porn closet. And Muse had his other half of the place and whatnot. So that's where he was out with Jamie. Jamie's up in our room. She's like, he's being so mean. I was like, what do you mean, mean? We hear out the balcony on the ground. Jamie in there! And I fucking go out to the balcony, and there's Muse, who's basically, he, he's got his fucking shirt off, and his underwear sticking out of his pants, and he's doing the drunk stance of a 60-year-old man in Newark. You know, just like, she up there! And I was just like, yeah, man, what's going on? And you're like, this is bullshit, she's my girlfriend! And I was like, well, I'm not keeping her, dude. It's, I mean, she came up here to say hi and shit. He's like, you tell her she's got two choices. One, she comes down here now. Two, we go out dragging. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And you're like, you heard me. We go out dragging, me and you. And I was like, I ain't involved in this. I'm going to send your girlfriend down and shit like that. Um, uh, th- that was the first time, I think it was the most she ever got paid for on, on that flick, was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. How old were you when we did Jane Silent Bob Strike Back? It was 2001. How old would you be? 25 or 26. Okay, so 25, 26. You can't expect him to be like, you know, take the money and be like, I'm going to invest it soundly in a market-bearing account that will, you know, not at all. He bought a little midget motorcycle, like a little clown yes. bike, the kind that, like, fucking crusty rides, you know. And that, they're that huge now. Yeah, they're much bigger now. But that was the first time I'd ever seen it. We were on 
where was the, what's the lot? Right. CBS Radford. We're over at the CBS Radford lot, and all of a sudden we're outside, outside of soundstage, you just hear, in the distance, and what was that? And louder, and all of a sudden, and he pulls up, and we're looking, where's Muse? Then we look down, because he was on the tiny-ass fucking little bicycle, man, on the motorcycle. What, what was up with that? Well, no, there were It's just not practical. He couldn't ride it anywhere but the studio lot, really. I went around the corner once and was like, Pow. You wrecked the really tiny hurt. bike? I didn't, well, I didn't wreck the bike and I didn't Did get hurt. Did a miniature bad, ambulance but, show up in Shitland? No, <laughs> but I didn't get hurt, which, but I was like, all right, if I did, I can get hurt. I've already crashed and next time it Well, I remember hurt, Moser so. made a big deal about it. He's just yeah. like, hey, asshole, you can't be riding the fucking midget stunt bike and shit while we're making a movie called You and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Like, you got to be there. You can't get injured and whatnot. So, for the premiere, and I was like, you have to come with me. I'm not letting you out of my sight. So you get on a plane with me. Come back to Los Angeles. We'll do the premiere and we'll do the junket together and stuff. Came back and they put us up at the W Hotel um, out in Westwood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was supposed to be like he was going to do press by himself and I do press by myself. The girls were in their own room together. Um, the three girls, uh, Eliza and Allie and Jen. Shannon Elizabeth had her own space. Um, and I think was there, I think that was it. Those are the people that were really doing the junket. So Muse was just like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it by myself. You got to sit with me. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do all my interviews with Muse. And we started the day of doing the video interviews. And I think it was international press. And um, I came in and sat down. I'm dressed like a fucking slob with like a cut off sleeves, <laughs> sleeves cut off hoodie and shit like that. Um, and then he comes in and sits next to me looking like essentially a mop with a coat on it. <laughs> <laughs> and they start trying to interview us and whatnot. And this dude's looking all around the room. And they had, for the set, you know, to kind of give you backdrop while they're sitting there doing the interviews, they put up, like, uh, comic book racks and stuff like that. So we're sitting there doing interviews. They're trying to talk to him. And he would be like, huh? I don't know. Ask him. And then he'd start reading comic books <laughs> <laughs> on fucking camera. And finally, the Miramax people or the Dementia people were just, like, at the break. They were like... Do you feel you need to have Muse sitting there anymore? I was like, no, nah, I guess he's kind of bored. We can let him go home. So we let him go up to his room. I continued doing press for the rest of the day. And then I got, I guess it was Malcolm or Mosier. I got out of my press room, and one of them pulled me to the side, um, and they said the police might be on their way to the W right now. And I was like, well, why, so why does that bother me? And they are like, they might be coming for Muse. He had it heroin FedEx to the hotel <laughs> what happened what happened I uh, I had heroin FedEx to the hotel <laughs> and and little things of of uh, of coke and it was crazy but who sent I remember, it who did you have send it I think my sister sent it to me had you ever done something like that before yeah I, ha I have FedExing before. drugs does that work yeah well I mean I don't know about now but 10 years ago it sort of worked yeah I guess. And I guess it's like, I mean, I don't know. People send weed and all sorts of other stuff. And I guess it's, there's chances of getting busted. But definitely at that point, I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about I might get busted. I just was like, wow, I don't. You're feeling dope sick. sick and you're like, send yeah. me some shit. And I do. I remember, too, when I had, we were at the W and when they had, like you said, everyone had their own their own rooms in that suite and i remember i had walked in and i had this awesome like living room dining room huge bathroom in this big room and i'm like yes i have my own room this is huge and awesome and i'm like this would be great for the drugs and then you're like oh yeah but malcolm's here and he's gonna stay with me but you know what he's gonna stay in your room with you because it's so 
awesome and big. Right. And I'm like, Fuck. AKA Malcolm's going to watch you. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want him in here. And right, I remember right. we already started. I was like, I don't want him. Why does he have to stay with me? He did. And you can always moaning. tell when like Muse was trying to get away with something because he started get belligerent. He get belligerent with other people, but he never got belligerent with me unless he was trying to get something fucking done and something hidden and shit. So I was like, Malcolm's going to stay in your, in your room. Uh, while we're here, man, it's big enough. He could sleep on your couch. And he's like, you know, Malcolm could get his own fucking room. You don't have to stay in my room. And I was just like, yeah, he does, dude. You weren't even going to be here. And I fucking brought you out. Just fucking let Malcolm stay in your room. He's like, oh, he's going to order the room service and watch fucking gay porn. <laughs> and Malcolm wasn't even out at that point and shit. So ironically, you were probably right. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, I remember I was in the bathroom. I was in the bathroom and Malcolm was in the living room. Mm hmm. And uh, he had, he had, I think he went down to do something, and the package just happened to come. And I like opened it up in the bathroom and stuff. And then Malcolm like came and knocked on the door, so I like, shoved the stuff in my pocket. But you know, like the hotel, the hotel keys come in those like envelopes. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. they slip in. And I had that in my pocket. And Malcolm's like, Jay, I need the key. I'm gonna go downstairs so I can get back in. Can you give me the key? So I handed Malcolm the key, and I'm like, looking. I'm like, okay, everything's in my pocket, and there's nothing right there. It's just the envelope and the key. Uh -huh. And I handed him the whole envelope and key, and I guess what happened is, because I went shut the door behind me in the bathroom because I was, like, doing whatever. And Malcolm, like, I guess went and told you, I guess Malcolm opened, like, took the key out to take it out of the envelope, and a little bag of dope was like, bloop, and, like, fell out of the envelope because <laughs> it had slipped in there. Right. Um, and that's how, I mean, that happened. And I guess he went and told Mosier and then I guess Mosier told you Yeah. and then they came up and told me, I guess then Mosier came up and that's when Mosier, like I had gotten high why Malcolm left and he didn't even tell me that he found it and stuff. Um, and then I remember he came, I guess Mosier came up and Malcolm and, and they came in the room and my, they came in and I was like sitting there and my fucking pants were on fire. Are you talking which, about that? That was the time you lit your pants on fire. Most yes. was like, put it out. Yeah, they woke me up and pants were on fire. And uh, and uh, I remember them saying, like, I think the cops are coming, which I don't even know where that came from, really, because. It came from uh, someone. There was a completely unrelated incident yeah. where somebody working um, on the, the, uh, the uh, hair and makeup team for the junket got into some fight with their boyfriend and their boyfriend to fuck them up, called the hotel to say, Hey man, there's lots of heroin at that Jane Silent Bob junket or something like that. And they were just like, uh, some, we just got a phone call that there are drugs being dealt here and uh, we've called the police and uh, we just want you guys mm -hmm. to know, like we can't have that at the hotel and blah, blah, blah. So at that point, uh, I got out of the, that was when I was finished with the day for the, with the junket. And that's when Scott was like, get ready for this and told me the news. And I was like, Oh my God. And I was like, well, we got him. We got him just like we had him that one time, man. Like now he has to fucking go to rehab. He has no choice. And Moses like, you want to send him back to Anacapa steps? And that was the place we had taken you when we were working on the clerk's cartoon. Um, which I think I started talking about last week. Like at one point when we were staying at the hotel Sofitel yeah. and you stole my car and the ATM card and came mm -hmm. back the next morning. And when the guy let us into the room and we saw the Gorka Morka paints and the <laughs> sheets were burned and the bed yeah. flipped and the curtains pulled down, it just looked like fucking World War II. Muse was in his room and he couldn't, he was out in the world, couldn't find any fucking oxys, <laughs> couldn't find any heroin, couldn't score. So he decided the best course of action would be to call the emergency room at Cedar Sinai. 
And he called up and said, I have an emergency. I've fallen off my bed. Please come get me. <laughs> and they were like, okay. You know, you call the emergency, they send a fucking ambulance for you. Now, anybody that doesn't know the Los Angeles area, Cedar sinai is right across the street from the Hotel Sofitel where Muse was just yeah. like, send an ambulance. I had no idea. So they send an ambulance one city block. Um, it pulls into the Sofitel, and they bring out the stretcher and go up to get him in his room. Were you even on the bed or were you on the floor? Do you have to pretend you had fallen? Well, I had, I had pretend I was on the bed and I was like, oh, and I remember like. Did, I is this where all your acting skills came in handy? Oh, right. Well, I, I, thought it, <laughs> I thought it was good, but how they busted me was I was laying there. I was like, come in. And they're like, it's locked. So I got up and unlocked the door and I, <laughs> I walked back and I was like, oh, so much pain. They're like, on a scale from one to 10, what are you in? I'm like, like a nine. And they're like, bullshit, because if you were on a nine, you wouldn't be able to get up and open the door. And I was like, all right, like a seven. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, what do you want us to like, do? Why are you outwitting me? <laughs> I just wanted to, to make it seem like I was in a lot, a lot of pain because they caught it. But that was your move to call up and be like, it's an emergency. I've fallen off the bed. Well, I had done it before somewhere else, but it made a little more sense because I didn't have to get up to the bed to get up and unlock the door A and B. I didn't know that the hospital was right across the street because <laughs> at the time LA just seemed so foreign to me that I swear I thought like, like now I know my way almost down every block, but then it was like, Oh my gosh, like everything was huge. You'd be like, anyway, so I had no idea Like I had been to Cedar Sinai, I'd been to Sofitel before and I've been here and there, but it was always like getting driven there in a cab or what have you. So I knew where everything was, but I, didn't know it was that close. It was literally that close. Like, I didn't know for a while. Remember, we had stayed at, um, the, what's the, the, the Mondrian, the La Meridian? I yeah, think yeah, yeah, Meridian. That's okay. right down the block also. And yeah, that's yeah. also down the street from the Cedar Sinai. But I had no idea. Like, those are all. Anyway, so, yes, I, I, they were, they were sort of like, what the hell's going on? So they brought me across the street and then, they wind up being like, we, we can't give you anything. And you were like, hey, man, they're like, what? You were like, they were like, what do you want us to do for you? And you were like, can you give me a prescription for OxyContin? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, are you out of your fucking mind? They and they were. gave you a script for repeated purchase of bikes. Can I get a shot? Because I, I don't, so I don't have to wait like a Demerol or something. They're like, no. Did you literally ask yeah. them for Demerol? Oh, I always ask for You're Demerol. You're like, can you put me in a medical coma for a few days? <laughs> <laughs> can I have some Dilaudid? No, I used to ask for Dilaudid or Demerol. I try to always get something, but they 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 really do know. Like they're just like, look, you're. Uh, they've done we'll give you way craftier yeah. fucking junkies for than sure, you. For you were sure. you were a fledgling junkie in those days. Yeah, so you were like, uh, nobody's figured this one out. Nobody's ever done this. I fell off the bed. So yeah, <laughs> I they they gave me the Vicodin, but the problem was is my habit was so it was too big. So like. You know, I could take like 20 or 30 Vicodin. And then you got introduced to Oxys, I guess, by your mom or something? Who introduced yeah. you to Oxys? It was, yeah, my mom was getting them when she was sick. So so at that point, you were like, hey, this works kind of like heroin, or it was a heroin substitute? I mean, they call yeah. it hillbilly heroin. You know, Rush Limbaugh popularized Oxycontins when he was doing mm -hmm. them a few years ago. But when you were doing them, I had never heard of them. Nobody had ever heard of them. Yeah, no, my I mean, mom I'm sure good. a lot of people had heard of them, but nobody, like I didn't, nobody in my world had heard of it. You were the only one. Yeah, um, no. What did it do compared to, say, heroin? No, it's just, it's, uh, it gives you the same high. It just doesn't give you – it's a little different. All of it's a little different, of course, but uh, it's different because, you know, 
I was snorting it and I wasn't shooting it, so it was you don't get as fast as a rush and all that stuff. Right. Um, but at least to at the time it was better because I wasn't, of course, putting. I wasn't going up to bad neighborhoods to get it, and I wasn't uh, putting stuff in my arm uh, so I could actually walk around with a T-shirt and not a, a big heavy coat. No, right. Just um, so people wouldn't see track marks yeah. and shit like that. Is so, that an issue? Like, was, that, like, was that a big deal? Could you see? Like, I never noticed any track marks on your arms, but I wouldn't have looked for uh, them. No, I still, like, I, people would definitely ask, like, I'd wear, especially in the East Coast, in Jersey, it gets so humid, and I'd be wearing, like, jerseys and, you know, jackets and right. stuff anything to cover my arms so i do that too but it's because my arms are fat not because they have track marks on which i always wear log sleeves and sweat and people are like why are you wearing that and i'm like because i'm a junkie but really it's i don't want them to realize i'm fat um at this point uh we were uh when we were there at the sofitel and um and this is going back to 2000 uh, no, 99. This was uh, around Dogma. This is before we were at Jay and Bob. Just to clarify, we were at Jay and Bob um, when you were at the W Hotel and had the, fer- the heroin FedEx to you, and we were going to send you to Promises. But I'm kind of stepping back in time, still telling the story of Anna Kappa. After the yeah. Sofitel incident, I kind of say at that point, you got to go to a rehab. You're like, fine. We find this one, Anna Kappa steps. I don't know where it is. I, too, at that point, didn't, wasn't very familiar with Los Angeles, but I just remember it felt like an hour like, drive into the far. desert. Yeah. I remember I was in the back. Like, oh, oh totally. He was all fucking sick and it's, curled up in the back. And it was me and Mosier driving in the front. I'm not sure, man, but it was so far out there, at least in my perspective, because yeah. us not being really from here at that point. So we get out there, and I, I meet the people and the nurses and the doctors, and, and they're very, very kind, and they're, they don't won't let us in. We thought we were going to have time to like kind of head to his room with him, get him familiarized, because he was the whole time, aside from like not wanting a DT, you were also just like, I don't want to be with a bunch of fucking strangers. Like we're, I don't even know anybody out here, man. We're in like California and shit. And I was like, you got no choice, dude. You got to go in. So we wanted to stay with him so he felt a little more comfortable. But their program there was just like, I'm sorry, you really can't come behind here. They're like, don't worry, man. We're here for him. We're going to take care of him. What we do is this. We get people better. We make people kind of see the cracks in their life and help them sort that out. And and he'll detox pleasantly here. And don't worry, we've got this. We're pros. Like we've, he's not the worst we've ever seen. I was like, probably not. All right, thanks a lot. I said, here's my phone number. I'm going to be working in Los Angeles for the next two, three weeks because I was working on the clerk's cartoon. I said, if anything happens, just give me a shout. And she was like, okay. So the next uh, that night, I called and tried to speak to you, and they wouldn't let me speak to you because they were just like first twenty four hours, no phone calls. Like fair enough, fair enough. Next day, I was shoot. Uh, we were recording uh, Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson for the Clerks cartoon um, at a studio in Los Angeles, and my very primitive cell phone rang, and I looked, and it was the number for Anna Kappa Steps, and I answered it, and I was like, "Hello," and the lady was just like, uh, "Hi, is this Mr. Smith?" I said, "Yeah, just Kevin." And I said, "Hi, this is Bob Lott, Anna Kappa Steps." Um, this isn't going to work out at all. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, he's just, I, I, he's very belligerent. He doesn't want to be here. And he, and the first key to any sort of rehabilitation is the patient has to want to be there. Did you force him to come here? And I was like, no, no, I just told him that if he didn't go, I'd put him in jail. 
<laughs> and she's like, oh, Mr. Smith, that is no way to begin a rehabilitation program. I was like, lady, you got to help this kid, man. He's going to fucking wind up dead. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm at wit's end. This is the first time I could get him to go to rehab because I had something hanging over his head. So please help me out. He's a good kid. He's got a million-dollar heart, nickel head. And she's like, oh, I don't know about million-dollar heart. He's cursing at everybody, calling people names. And I was just like, oh, he said, you got to forgive him. He's going through the fucking... DTs right now. I'm sure you, you've seen that before. She's like, well, we'll give it a try. She's like, we'll try it for another day. How's that? That's the best I can do for you. But if he continues acting up, and if he continues being disruptive and hostile, we're going to have to eject him. And I was like, oh, that's fair enough. Please, can I talk to him and tell him that? And she's going, no, I'd rather you not. And I was like, okay, it's just that I can make him understand this kind of thing. You know, I'll just, and she's like, are you going to threaten him? And I said, no, no, I'm just going to tell him that if he doesn't do this, he's going to get his ass beat, you know, because it's a fucking high time. And she's like, no, it's best you don't talk to him. I said, okay. And she was like, all right. And she hangs up. I go back to recording, and I'm sitting there the whole time. All I could think about is this fucking, oh, God, what's going on out in the desert? Phone rings again. And a cap again. Pick up the phone. And I'm like, hello. And uh, she's like, Mr. Smith. I said, just please, Kevin. She goes, Kevin. Uh, it's blah, 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 man, a cap. I said, oh, God, what do you do now? And she's going, nothing. I just called to tell you that everything's going well. I had a nice long talk with Jason. And this is like a half an hour after the other phone call, I think. She said, I had a nice long talk with Jason. We're on the same page now. He's calmed down. He swears he's going to stop calling people names. Um, he just wants to be left alone in his room with his comic books right now. I was like, is that healthy? And she's like, what, reading comic books? I was like, no, that's very healthy. Is it healthy for him to be by himself in the room? She said, it's fine. We'd much rather him be in group, but first few days and someone in his condition, I guess maybe it's okay that he's by himself. But I just wanted to allay your fears because he told me he was getting very scared that he didn't get to talk to you and he thought you were going to be mad at him. And I just wanted you to know he's doing much, much better. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much, man. That's a real weight off. Tell him, like, I'll call him as soon as you guys let me call him. She's like, you can call him at the end of the week. I said, beautiful. And she go, okay, bye. Hung up. Went back to record, and I told Mojo, I was like, that was the end of Cappy. He goes, what's happening now? I said, it's all good. They said that Muse is complying. And they're like, right on, right on, and shit. Went back to the record. Phone rings again. I look at it. It's Anna Kappa. I'm like, oh, answer the phone. I'm like, hi. She was like, he's escaped. <laughs> I said, excuse me? And she's gone, Muse has escaped. Jay's took off. I said, what? She's like, don't worry. He's not going to get very far. We have his shoes. <laughs> and I was like, he's running around the desert barefoot? And she's like, I don't know what happened. He said he was going to go out to have a cigarette, and he was out there. We had eyes on him. He moved around the corner of the building. Then we went out to look for him. The cigarette was burning. He was gone. She's going, but don't worry. It's, it's, there's nowhere to hide out here in the desert. We expect to recapture him at any moment. <laughs> and I remember being on the phone going, this is my life? Like, my friend is going to be recaptured? Like, all I could see was you being chased, like in Planet of the Apes, you know? And they just had nets, like, woo -woo! <laughs> they fucking bring you back to Anna Kappa and shit like that. And so I was just like, oh, man. And she was like, we'll let you know what's going to happen, but i got to tell you, he's not going to be allowed to stay. I was like, man, please don't eject him. She's going, he doesn't want to stay. I can't make him stay. And I was like, isn't there anything else? And she's like, look, we'll give him the choice. If he's serious about staying in the program, we'll boot him across the street, and he can do a week there. I was like, what's that? And she's like, that's the psychiatric ward. And I was like, you're going to put him in the loony bin? I was like, I, I don't know if that's really going to work out. She's like, it's not loony bin. It's just basically people over there have more emotional problems than others and whatnot. And I was like, well, let me know when you get him what happens. And so then she called me, and she's like, we recaptured him. Everything's fine. Uh, he doesn't want to stay. We had a long talk. He's deciding to stay. We're going to move him across the street. 
And I was like, you can't let him stay with you guys? She's like, he's been far too disruptive, Mr. Smith. I was like, oh, okay. So they're putting him across the street. So I was like, when can I call him? She's like, there's a public phone. You can call him after noon tomorrow. And I said, okay. Next day, I fucking call up the phone number that they gave me. Phone rings a few times. Then somebody answers, and he goes, hello? <laughs> and I go, yes, hello. Is uh, Jason Muse there? And he goes, who is that speaking? And I said, uh, this is his friend Kevin. And he goes, hold on. Dom Dom! <laughs> and I was like, does Muse have a nickname already? He's only been there 24 hours. And you hear them fucking rushing to the phone. Give me that! Give me that! And he grabs the phone away from the guy, and the guy's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> As he's fading off, I'm like, what kind of madhouse is this, man? It's a madhouse! And he gets on the phone, and he's like, Dum Dum, did you hear that move? Get me the fuck out of here! <laughs> But you stayed at, at Anna Kappa Steps uh, for a while, uh, did that program, and then you eventually went to, I think it was Cry Help. From there, you segued to Cry Help. Yeah. You were like, I can't take it out here in the desert. You wound up going to Cry Help. We sent you to a series of, I, I mean, I wouldn't call them uh, lower-end rehabs, more affordable rehabs in the beginning, places that weren't going to cost an arm and a leg. Jumping back to the junket in 2001 at the W Hotel, we're in Los Angeles. We're in the land of rehabs at this point and shit. So we can't even find a shitty rehab. We're looking for fucking high end, apparently. Chris Moore, the guy, you know, uh, producer who's on Pro Planet, uh, Project Greenlight. Um, Chris Moore, he was the one we contacted. Chris Moore's like, look, I have some experience with this. I know some people who've gone in. I know a great place, a place called Promises in Malibu. And I was like, Malibu? And Jen was there. And she's like, Malibu? Jason gets to go to Malibu? She's like, I'm a fucking addict, you know? So I was like, all right, I mean, if Malibu's going to be, it's going to be. So we pulled Muse aside. Like, uh, I, he pulled him into the room. With, they went and got uh, Scott, and, and, and Malcolm went to get him, pulled him into this room with me, and he opened the door and fucking saw me, and I was just fucking livid, and he just drops his head, and I was just like, you know what has to happen now. And he's like, you're going to beat me up? I was like, no, we're going to send you to rehab. He's like, oh, okay. Um, and then it was off to the Promises Rehab. Yeah, well, then that woman, the woman came. Remember that woman came and... I remember she got there and she's like, "All right." And she she was from Promises. No, I think she was she was like the she was like a counselor of some sort. Excuse me, she's like the one. That's what she does. Like I know it's Chris, but then I think he contacted this woman, and mm -hmm. that's what she does. She brokers people into and I remember rehab. The, jobs, kind of. At the time, I thought it was awesome when she came and she's like, "Okay, we're gonna give it. I'm gonna give you a half hour. Do all your drugs." And do as much as you can do, and then I'm gonna. Then we're bringing you up there. <laughs> you were like, I love rehab. <laughs> well, no, I just remember because I expected her coming, like, you're never doing drugs again. Throw all your shit away. What do you have on you? Let me check you. But she's like, go in the bathroom, do what you're gonna do. Anyway, it was really weird. But I remember driving in her car on the way to Malibu, and I was just a mess. And then I get there, and and uh, it's plush. Yeah. It was a nice place. Was, yeah. Wasn't it? It was like it was. It was. It was up in. It was up in the hills, uh, and uh, it was. It was pretty. It had a pool, and so it was pretty crazy. Definitely way different from what I had gone to before, like the desert one and the the cry help, which was in uh, the valley, and it was hot, and they, you know, it was like sterile and hospital like. Mm -hmm. This was an actual like house uh, with a pool house that they had. They slowly got me off the meds, and and uh, I don't know. It's like. The other shit was out of my system, so 
you know, I still didn't feel great, but I still the the worst of it was over. It was now it's just a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it was and it was. I guess it made it easier too because they would bring you out to meetings. You got to hang out with people and like actually, you know, interact with people. Where the other places were seriously like, it'd be like being stuck in this like grace, you know, walls and stuck in here for not leaving for days after day. It was more like camp more than anything else, right? This, well, know, I mean, I, never, I, you know what I realized? If, if you can't leave on your own will, it's never camp. It's oh, really? Nice if you be. feel like you're a prisoner, you're like, it ain't camp. Yeah. It re- it you're really a bird is. in a gilded cage. as nice as it was, and then I've been to another place that was just as nice, but I feel like when you just can't leave at your own will, like you can't be like, oh, you know what? I really want a Red Bull. I'm going to go get a Red Bull. Right. It's not. Uh, they, they lock you down and shit. It's just yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a uh, pl- uh, little bit. It's definitely better, but you know, anywhere you're, you can't leave and and you're in that situation is no no fun. No now good. this was two thousand and one, the summer of two thousand and one, yeah. and you were in promises for about two months um, when they started giving you passes to actually go out into the town and whatnot yeah. where you could go leave for the day, day passes, go see a movie, go fucking <laughs> do whatever you want. But then you come back <clears throat> and then I guess they would check you if they had to or something. I remember you told me this story about you went out one day and you came back and they were like, Jason, can you step into the office please? And you were like, what, what's going on? And they're like, come on, sit down. And you were like, I didn't do any drugs. I swear you can do a urine on me. I'll piss in a cup right now. They're like, that's not what this is about. Um, we need to speak to you. Uh, there's a situation. We've just had a new patient come into Promises. And he was like, okay. And they were like, this is somebody that you know. And he was like, I don't fucking know anybody that could be in rehab, let alone afford a rehab like this. Who the fuck would be in this rehab? And they open up the door, and there was Ben Affleck sitting there. That summer of 2001, Ben also very publicly went into fucking rehab. Open the door. There's Ben, who looks up at Muse with wide eyes, and Muse looks at him with even wider eyes. And Muse is like, "Look at this morose motherfucker right here." <laughs> um, and that rehab worked for for quite some time, but that didn't stick. Like the one in Jersey stuck. The one in Jersey that you went into in 2003, while we were in kind of uh, post production on Jersey Girl, then you went back to Jersey by yourself. That's when you got really really clean yeah. that's where you kind of that's where it all came together and that's where you hit that six years of sobriety which for the rest of us was seven years of sobriety um we assumed that it was seven but for you it kind of stopped at six and we all learned that when i was working on cop out and you were supposed to be in it and then we had yeah. to fire you because of drugs which is something we'll talk about next week on Jay and Silent Bob, get old. Thanks for coming out tonight. Good night. Oh, come on! Smodco Internet Television blast your eyelids with videos aplenty. Get a daily dose of pop culture awesome sauce. Commentary, cartoons, comics, comedy, old shit, new shit, everything you need to view are askew. Tired of watching a bunch of fucking cat videos? Me too, broski. YouTube.com slash csmod. Smodco Internet Television. Sit happens.